Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh. With me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, I think we should we should give the next five minutes on this podcast for us to rant about what just happened in our house league, our home league, uh, because there's been some craziness. Again, absolute yep. craziness, wild times. First of all, this is extremely tight. Like just the first place, so there's 12 teams in our league. The first place team has a record of six and three. Three teams are tied at six and three. And the worst record is three and six. So three <laughs> wins, that's all that separates one from 12. So this is extremely close. And uh, for the third time in a row now, we've seen an IR player get a big, significant IR player get dropped and someone else picked them up. So that was Justin Jefferson was just dropped in our home league. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, you and I were just talking about that off air. This is the third player that this has happened to. Um, and now another person just has that receiver. <laughs> yeah, so... Spoiler alert, we were going to talk about it in the news, but guess what? The Vikings are bringing Justin Jefferson back within the next three weeks. Yeah, I mean, what what we saw was that, the, okay, so he's been activated. He'll, you know, he'll practice, maybe not necessarily play this week, but within this next three weeks, which is still, you know, kind of middle of the season for, or not, not middle, but the latter half of the season here for, um, for, fantasy so you've got at least five weeks left or so you're going to get justin jefferson back and if you've dropped him that is a mistake you gotta hold on to to these kinds of ir players when you think you know there's a chance they could be back because that he's a game changer receiver on a team that even without cousins has looked okay (laughs) you know like they've been able to score points they've been able to get it done i don't know we gotta i would love to dedicate an episode to, to dobbs who I think, I don't even know what to think about him (laughs) as a a player. (laughs) But Jefferson's going to come back and make a big impact. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's a confusion thing about short-term versus long-term IR or what, but you don't drop Justin Jefferson unless he is not going to play football again this year. Yeah, you should never, you shouldn't drop a player who goes on IR unless they're done for the season. And again, some people I know have leagues where you can hold on to players for, for you know, the next year or whatever, and, and that's fine. But if you're in just a draft, you know, new draft, new team each year league, like we are, you've got to hold on to that player until you're sure they're not going to play again. Yeah, and, and if, if it's a matter of, okay, I need the bench space, I can't hold them, trade them. Trade them. Because you'll something get something. For them. You'll yeah. get something. Maybe not like top value because... Chances are like, okay, worst case scenario, you're probably only going to get him for two weeks and then the playoffs, but you'd still get him for two weeks in the playoffs. So you can, you can make that argument with someone's like, okay, maybe I can't get top value for him, but maybe I can get what I'm looking to, to for right now. If you really need to win now, if you need points now, that's understandable, but make that trade, try to make that deal. Yeah. You don't just fire them out under the waiver wire. Um, Josh Dobbs. 28 points in fantasy last this past week, 26 the week before. What? Two different teams. 
Two, with two different teams, with two different teams, both winning too. That's the thing, winning games as well. It's not as though he's just, you know, playing and, and they're losing and it's a trade. He's winning them games. He won the game with, with his offensive abilities. Um, he ran, rushed a touchdown and he threw two touchdowns. <laughs> Who, like, what, this guy, I don't, I think he's just an absolute joke and yet he's having a phenomenal season. Yeah, like his his ability to just learn a team's playbook and scheme with next to no time is just amazing. Um, I I do think he has a degree in like I I don't know if it's astrophysics or what it is. I'll have to look it's it something. up. Something, yeah, like 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 rocket scientist degree. <laughs> Like some something to that effect. Like this guy is genuinely he has a degree in aerospace engineering. So obviously a super smart dude. But to be able to combine that and like he literally just showed up in Minnesota, doesn't know half the people's names, and he goes out there and leads them to a win. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and um, and that's the thing. Like I'm uh I am also the proud owner of a degree, not in rocket science. So I do uh, appreciate and enjoy education. But to me, education is not the mark of intelligence. It's the mark of your ability to memorize something and then regurgitate it. And his abilities to do that is clearly incredible. He learned, how long did he have to learn a playbook to get in the game? Because I don't think they were man, they were going to start him because of the in, uh, their other quarterback got injured. So he had oh, yeah. he he, he was only days. there for like four or five days. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. and and no starting, no starting reps because the other guy was going to start. And a playbook in the NFL is not small. Mm-mm. No, you you could see in the game he was before he went in. He had to practice the cadence with the center because he has no idea. He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. You can't just go in there and like. Obviously, he's been a backup for a long time, so I bet you he has that level of experience of playing for different teams, learning playbooks fast, like being prepared. But you've got to you've got to marvel at his abilities to quickly memorize something, to quickly learn it get them a big win. And now they have time to kind of get him back into the lineup. Like I know that they're, they've got another game coming up They're um, You know, they're going to be on bye week eventually, but they now at least have a week where he can get into practices, taking the number one reps because they were starting that rookie. I don't even like he's, he wouldn't have been getting first team reps at practice. He'd no. be getting second reps. He'd be getting some things, but he, they weren't preparing for him to start. That's to me what's incredible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, he did a phenomenal job. I was glad that my opponent kept him on their bench, obviously, because why wouldn't you? Um, he wasn't. Well, yeah. Like, why, would you, yeah, why yeah. would you play him? <laughs> why why um, would you? <laughs> uh, so I was glad that that happened. Um, um, I mean, it's just uncanny. He did the same thing with the Cardinals. He came in at the end of preseason, started for them week one. He did all all things considered, he did pretty well for the Cardinals over the first nine weeks or week first eight weeks and then immediately thrust into just a terrible situation. And he did amazing things for Minnesota in week nine. Uh, incredible. Um, and again, you know, if if you do have him on your team, I can understand why he's, you know, probably probably your second quarterback option, but there are some matchups this year, especially if they get Jefferson back that you've got to put him in. 
because he was putting up points in in Arizona, let alone absolutely yep what he's doing now. So I I feel strongly that if he he's obviously going to get Jefferson back in the next couple of weeks. We don't know when, but that's obviously coming back to having a lot of really good offensive weapons. The, he's a he's a good fringe starter for a quarterback. You can put him in there depending upon what the matchup is. You can take a look. I'm just taking a look at Minnesota's schedule now. And by the time Jefferson's back, they, they, I could see them easing him back in. But chances are against a, a team like Chicago, then they've got Vegas, um, Cincinnati. It might be running gun time. Like they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. So I, I'm, I'm expecting Jefferson to be back to twenty plus points a, a, a week <laughs> soon. Hundred percent. Yeah. Especially because of how well they've done without him, uh, in terms of like winning those matchups and keeping a playoff hope alive. I 100 percent can see them just going all out, trying to sneak their way into the playoffs and make something of this season. Yeah, and the guy who picked him up, like the team that picked him up, currently in 10th place, top eight in our league, makes the playoffs. So it really depends if he can pull off some victories until some of his IR players get back. Because he has a couple others that are on IR. But if all his players are healthy on paper, he is a stacked team now. Um, yeah. it, to me, it all just depends. Okay, what are there, like five, five-ish weeks left of regular season for fantasy? How, can he scrape through a win or two? in there and stay in uh, stay on playoff contention because our league is so close right now. Everyone, everyone's in the playoff picture. So that's for being week 10 and no one is out. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of why I'm more of a fan of um, the fab waiver wire system uh, where you, you make bids on players based on like you start with a certain amount of money, like, and you bid on people, and if yours was the highest bid, then you lose that amount of money from your total, and you get the player, rather than inverse of standings. Because then, yeah, you might lose a couple of games at the start of the season, and then still be able to pick up all-stars, or whatever. Like, you you get all the, the breakout players. And if you happen to win at the start of the season, you don't, because you're at the end of that waiver wire priority. Whereas the fab system, you have to be a bit more... It's a bit more like general manager-ish. You have to plan long-term, you know? Like, do I want to spend all my money right at the start of the season then have nothing and not be able to pick up anyone at the end? Do I want to hoard it all towards the end and hope there's a player who emerges at the end of the season that I can steal? Do I want to do, like, little dribs and drabs and just try to get players I think can improve my team? Like, there's a lot more strategy to it rather than... Like, I saw Justin Jefferson go on the waiver wire... I put a bit in for him, obviously. I knew I wasn't getting him because I'm fourth in the league. So there's eight teams ahead of me, and one of them, obviously, was the one that got it. So it's more of just like a you're hoping for a miracle that nobody else noticed or wanted him. Um, whereas with the fab budget system, then it's a lot more competitive. And like you have to strategize, like, okay, what do I think everyone else is going to put for this guy? You know, like, can I get him for $5 or do I have to pay $50 for him? Because if you bet 50 and the next closest bid is five, well, you just wasted $45. Like, you don't get that money back. So you got to strategize for the entire season on how you want to spend it. I think it just brings a bit more strategy and GM-esque 
yeah, just strategy, I suppose, is the best way to to say it, rather than the reverse waiver wire. Um, but I, I guess the, I get the counterpoint would be reverse waiver wire is built on trying to establish league parity. So yeah, like I think parity is kind of the important thing in there, where that's the idea is to try to establish some sort of parity. So you get your teams, like for example, the team who's currently in last, who dropped Justin Jefferson. Had they not done that, (laughs) they could could be the first person to grab any kind of player, which gives them a little bit of a boost, especially because like that team in general, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, that particular manager had three players on the IR. Like they had like really bad luck with some key names going down. So you want to give those people a a boost up to be like, okay, hey, go, go pick up the best available player out there to try to, to, uh, to boost your team up. However, when they make decisions like this, you go, what is going on? <laughs> that that was my opening question to you as soon as the mics went on. Yep. That's true. And I, I you know, considering our league, I didn't know quite what you were talking about because uh, you could have been talking about any number of things. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I just so happened to not see it um, because I, I had put in my one waiver request because I needed one specific thing and I hadn't really paid attention because what had happened was they had dropped the player before waivers. They had gone yep. through and made it like, oh, I'm going to drop all three of these players. I just didn't see it because uh, as we've discussed, our app stopped giving notifications. Yep. Don't know why. So, yep. Just yep. completely stopped. So I don't know. <laughs> I complete. I completely missed that. Not that I would have gotten him. I'm, I'm the second worst in terms of waiver priority. So I definitely would have gotten him, but. That was the one comfort I had was at least Mike will not get him because either I will or someone else in front of me will get him. Well, hey, my uh, my only comfort is you didn't get him, so we're that's in the fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of notifications, almost snuck candidate of the year for most egregious trade deal past me. Uh, your I don't your I don't trade think it's the most egregious. No, so far this year, one hundred percent. No, 100%. no. You, you've definitely, you've definitely made trades more egregious. No, egregious. not at all. A, a top twelve running back for an okay defense—that's garbage, garbage. And and hey, garbage. I gotta tell you, that was that was a counter offer from what it was before, which is just so concerning because I don't even want to know. I, I've seen your other defense, so if they were involved, that's even worse. No, no, uh, it actually had a different player coming back to me, but it was it it, it actually. In my opinion, the other player coming back and the other deal was was actually quite balanced. Like, but it had more players involved, so oh, this okay. ended up being like a oh, they want to do a straight up one for one, um, which I understood where they like at first when this deal was made. When I first did kind of a double, I was like, okay, like is this player hurt? They like, do it. Is there something I don't know about this player? And had to check it out, um, but yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple trades you've made. I I've just given up on talking to you about it. That I'm like on paper, that's an awful deal. Like you got two top ten players for one top ten player and two like scrubs recently, and like I didn't really say anything, mainly because the team who traded it to you just weakened themselves for the second trade in a row. So I was less. I'm like, well, at least at least one person near the top of the standings is going to start dropping down. But I, listen. I Listen, that was a counteroffer. Isaiah that counter Pacheco you, for the Jaguars. Hey, of course, I, I would take it. That doesn't mean it's not a good deal. You would have buried me if I made that trade. I, I think yes. 
I think so. Now the I shoe is on the not, other foot. I think it wasn't as fair as the deals we could have made, but they weren't interested in the multiplayer deal. So that yeah, was the offer right. that came back to me, and I would have been a fool not to hit accept. Um, oh, now, I agree. Me, I now, agree. to me though, I will say just before I not I, I'll just preface this with I agree with what you're saying. However, I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is a top twelve running back. I think he oh, may have. See, the I, I right disagree. Now. This is only week ten. He may no, have but they have right a they now, have a very good a, schedule. He's a flex. He's a flex option on my team. He's a flex. Mm. No, compared to your You're, other you guys, would pl- you would play him. You would play Pacheco right now over Travis Etienne. Come on, no, but I would play him ridiculous. over Barkley. I would play mm, him over Barkley. That. I don't know about that. Saquon. They have the, the, the Giants have no Barkley? quarterback. Yeah, the Giants have no quarterback. Well, that's all right. They got Saquon Barkley. The Saquon Barkley. So how has that worked out for you the past two weeks against Not two great. of the league's worst run defenses? Not so games that he should have had like great. 30 points in. Exactly. <laughs> Not great. Not great. I, I would play he's, Pacheco he's disappoint- over him. He's a disappointing man. Okay. I'll tell you that much. Okay. And he's on my list. So just, okay. I'm making a list of disappointing men and he's disappointing man number three. He's number three. Okay. Well, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is one. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's worse than Trevor Lawrence right now? And Jamar Chase is number two. I I was gonna guess. I wasn't sure if that like those couple of weeks where he did what he was supposed to had changed your mind or not. He's he's sure. had he's had three in the entire season. He's had three weeks that he did what he was supposed to. That's yeah. it. The rest of the year, he has done absolutely nothing. So is he's he been again? a huge disappointment. He is. He's questionable this week. He's questionable again. I don't nice. like. I don't even. I just hit my microphone. I'm getting so uh, <laughs> angry because this is the thing. This is what's frustrating. This is what's frustrating to me. And like, I get it. I finally catch a break by getting a deal of getting Isaiah Pacheco. But look at look at the rest of my team: Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence, Saquon Barkley. Like, what am I supposed to do with these losers? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous <laughs> to me. I'm like. Freaking out! I gotta like figure out. I got I got half the Jacksonville Jaguars and half the 49ers on my team. My team is basically San Francisco and Jacksonville. I have so many moves that I gotta try to make. I make absolutely fair offers to people. I get straight up rejections with no communication, no reasons for it. And then I finally yep. make an Isaiah Pacheco move. Finally, something breaks my way, and I gotta deal with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You gotta deal with me. One hundred percent. You should have known as soon as you hit accept that I was oh, going course. to come after you. That's the first thing I thought of <laughs> before anything else. Before I even before I even looked up if Pacheco was hurt, I thought, oh, if I accept this, Josh is going to say a lot. To me. But it's a one. It was a counter offer, and two, I I I had to take a minute to be like, is this guy hurt? This guy That's must fair. be hurt. Yep. <laughs> or why else would they make this? Like, again, I get it. They need a de- the, this team in question needs a defense this week. And I understand that part of it, which is why a defense was involved in a greater te- a deal. But it ended up going one for one. And I'm sitting here going, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be in a world of, of annoyance <laughs> from Josh if I click this button. 100%. But I got yep. to win. I, I'm trying to build a team here. Up to two weeks ago, people were saying, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but people were saying I was the best fantasy GM manager of all time. 
people were saying that. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just, this is what I was hearing out there. So I'm trying to live up to to this. And I've had a I've had a rough couple of weeks with players being hurt and bye weeks and Jamar Chase going to get a sandwich in the middle of the game. Like I don't I don't even know what to do to motivate these guys anymore. You're something else. You're something else. All right. We've got to switch gears from our home league to uh talk about the actual football league. Lots of uh Lots, lots of injuries, of, lots of injuries. that yep. are impacting uh, fantasy here and lots of players to keep an eye on because I, there's so many interesting injuries to interesting players that there's a few names on this list that you're going to go through that I think they might shut them down for the season just because of how the this season's going for those particular teams. Like I'll mention it when we get there, but there's some, there's some concerning injuries on this list. Oh, absolutely. Um, We'll go over the non-injury stuff first because it's a much shorter list. Uh, so defensive end Montez Sweat agreed to a four-year, $98 million extension with the Bears with $72 million guaranteed. We talked about that last week, wondering if that was going to be the plan. And I think the day after we recorded, it happened. So there was our answer. Uh, the Bears have designated running back Khalil Herbert to return from IR. And the Cardinals have activated the 21-day window for James Conner to return from IR. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray is expected to play in Week 10. We'll see how that goes. Uh, this is his last chance, <laughs> yeah. I think, to be activated. Um, did you? Did, <laughs> did you, I sent you the thing about uh, Call the, of Duty? Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> coming out the same <laughs> time. The same time. I, this is it, this is it for him. If he if he cannot bounce back here and and salvage their season a bit and, and play well i don't see another team trying to sp at least not spend a lot of money on him maybe like as a backup or something but this is it he's he's got to show something here i agree he has to show something to determine what arizona wants to do with him but i think there's teams out there who would be willing to take him uh during the off season well i don't know this has been so public I don't know. I would. I would be. I would be concerned. But I think, like, I think the Raiders would look his way, really? or the Falcons. Yeah, the Raiders benched Jimmy G for Aiden O'Connell. He has <laughs> been. He's he's out there. You know, he's not doing anything special. Uh, we got the Falcons playing Taylor Heineke because they didn't like Desmond Ritter, and Heineke's not doing anything special. Well, uh, Ritter, Ritter's terrible. I've been saying that forever. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, I guess I those two them. teams, yeah, they, they the might take a risk on them. I just, I would be worried about it being another Deshaun Watson situation. Where you oh, take 100%. a risk, yeah. high-paid player, and they just don't, they just don't pan out. Yeah, I could certainly see that, but like, I think, I think Kirk, teams that are think, willing to. I think Kirk Cousins, who's becoming an unrestricted free agent, I think he's going to end up in a place like Vegas. Yeah, that's possible too. Yeah, big gunsling quarterback with all their weapons. Like I could see them being like, "Okay, this is this is our guy." But definitely a place like Atlanta, maybe for Kyler Murray, that could make some sense. Yeah, like you're saying, like that could, especially because they do technically have a good running game. They don't show it because they don't like well, play their running backs properly. Yeah, they don't like to play Bijan Robinson. You know, no, they just so. no, they they got the they got one of the most talented players from the draft. No, let's just sit him on the bench. Yep, that was fun. <laughs> That was fun for me last week. Yeah, did he did nothing? Did he? Like, no, I don't. He I think he got five nothing. points. I yeah. think he got five points. Yeah. yeah, 
he also lost uh, he could have had more but he fumbled so he actually lost two points so yeah that was awesome to be on my in my starting lineup 100 percent. yeah yeah love I mean, it he's thank you arthur smith he's had a couple rough weeks and that team's that team's got a lot to figure out they were up to such a great start in the season and they've kind of they've faltered quite a bit that team yeah no they absolutely have uh, the Rams have signed quarterback Carson Wentz, so whether or not that's... Well, I I think after watching what happened in Week 9 for the Rams, I think they decided, okay, just in case Stafford doesn't come back, we cannot use Brett Rippon ever again, so we need literally anybody else. And now they have Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't know if that's a sign that Stafford might not be back in Week 11, or if it's just uh, we need a better Plan B in case he gets hurt again. Uh, because they could not do anything with Brett Rippon leading the way. Yeah, like I think this is must be a sign that, that injury is is going to be an issue. Um, I, I'm undecided. I don't know if it's that or if it's just uh, because of his age. In the event something else goes wrong, they want to still be able to salvage their season. Because I think if they had to trot Rippon out there again throughout the rest of the season, like their their season's done. Like they're they're over. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the age is exactly the thing to be worrying about when you have an injury. Part of the issue for that team is they're probably a loss or two away from being completely just thrown out in terms of playoff contention. So they might shut Stafford down. Because they yeah. they're on bye week this week, I think. Yep. Yeah, so it, even if Stafford comes in against whoever they play, if they lose that game and then lose again, maybe they lose two more in a row, they might just say, okay, we're shutting Stafford down. We'll throw Wentz in, and there you go. Which I I don't think is a good thing for any of the players um, on on that team for fantasy because that's that's, that's taking them out of relevance. That's something I really do believe in for late in the season if teams are not – competing for a playoff spot or competing for a position, them shutting players down or sitting players, it just ends up hurting your potential scoring. Like we see it all the time. So that's something I'd be keeping my eye on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Let's get into the injury news. Uh, We'll start in New York. So Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, tore his ACL. He's going to be out for the season. Uh, We talked, we spoke about that with your, your Barkley situation. Um, they're running out uh, DeVito for at least the next four weeks or three weeks because Tyrod Taylor's on the IR. So <laughs> they're going to have zero. Yeah, they're going to have zero passing game for the next three weeks. Talk, talk about a team that's just absolutely right now irrelevant and getting worse. <laughs> oh, 100%. Team. Yep. 100%. And Darren Waller's been placed on the IR. So he's going to be out for four weeks. So they don't even have him to kind of counterbalance and draw some pressure away from Saquon Barkley. So Barkley's going to be a, a sketchy situation for the next four weeks. Minimum. It's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be tough, I think, um, for a tough one for Barkley. And that's another, it's another situation just to keep your eyes on. Like, is he, is he going to be able to bounce back? Is it going to be the I'm, type of running I'm back who can very take some of that? Won't. No, I mean, I, I don't think he will either, but it's the type of thing where, you should you need to hope and I have to have a glimmer of hope that he's going to at least take on some more opportunities just because he's their only weapon 
Oh, I, I fully expect happen, that to happen. I fully expect him to how, get well, how boatloads of carries. Yeah, <laughs> the but, but the other side of it is, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would just stack the box and be like, okay, DeVito, beat me in the air. Let's do it. Well, you know, you are, we know what they're doing, yeah. Yeah, you're not running the ball. I'm going to put eight guys right in the box. You're not running. Beat me in the air. Beat me with Wandale Robinson <laughs> running around out there. Wandale Robinson, yeah, exactly. They're the, their number one receiver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chargers wide receiver Josh Palmer has been placed on the IR with his knee injury. Dallas uh, Goddard, tight, Eagles tight end, fractured his forearm in week nine. He could be placed on the IR. I think the recovery time for right now is around four weeks is what they're estimating. They're on the bye week this week, so they might not need to place him on the IR because that would technically eat up one of their weeks and could bring him back in three weeks or earlier. Uh, I mean, it's just a broken bone, right? So mm-hmm. as soon as it's healed, he can play again. It's not like, yeah. and, and it's his upper body, so he can still stay in shape. Like he can go and run. Like he should be able to hit the ground back game form as soon as he comes back, really. Yeah. Um, and then Cam Akers tore his Achilles. He's out for the season, and it's actually the the other Achilles, not the same Achilles he tore the first time. So oh, I would say there's probably right. a good chance his career is done. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, so young and early in his career, um, he's just been so injury-riddled, and now to have literally torn both of your Achilles tendons in the span of, like, what, three years? I, I would say his career's done. No team's going to want to bring him on. Yeah, I think that's going to be really. Um, I think it's going to be really tough for him to come back from this, especially it being the other one. You know, both now being torn. That's it's a terrible sign. Yeah, it's. I think that's it. Unfortunately yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, but that is it for our news from week nine. So before we move into our conquerors and busts, I just want to remind everyone that you can join our Patreon, get access to our Discord community. Get additional start-sit options. You can get waiver wire targets. You can get Thursday night start-sit suggestions. And uh, you get priority for any fan questions that you have for us. You can go to conqueryourdraft.com. We have our Patreon link on there, or you can go to patreon.com slash conqueryourdraft. And if you have any questions for us, maybe Patreon's not for you. You don't want, you don't have the money to spare. That's all well and good, but you still got questions for us. You can reach us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X. Or you can go to conqueryourdraft.com, fill out the form on our podcast page. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any questions, please don't hesitate. Let's dive into our conquerors and busts from week nine. And this is another quarterback that I want to talk about. Rookie C.J. Stroud, just shy of 52 points. (laughs) What a week. Amazing. Amazing performance. I, uh, I sat... My uh, Texans wide receiver, I have Tank Dell. I sat him. I uh, did not expect them to be able to throw very well against the Buccaneers. And uh, he, uh, I think, had more points than all my other receivers put together <laughs> while sitting yeah, on my bench. I was so, playing someone who had Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins. Yep. That <laughs> so that game well for you. really yep. burned me. Like, that game, those yep. two players were like, I was just, oh boy. <laughs> And unfortunately for the C.J. Stroud manager, they had him on their bench. So they also lost their uh, their matches. Well, and again, like, you kind of can't blame them for that just because... Oh, absolutely not. No, I would have done the exact same thing. 
hundred percent. Yeah, like I I wouldn't have played Stroud going into that, and I didn't like I don't know who saw that coming. Like absolutely nobody, wild no dude. one. <laughs> but CJ Stroud, like he's he's had a couple good weeks. He's had a couple weeks where he's looked so so. I mean, he's a rookie; it makes sense. But that he showed just incredible ability to be in a game where he can score and go back and forth with a team. Like, oh, you're going to score? Fine, we'll score. Like, he, yeah, he, that's, 100%. I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, the Texans have their franchise quarterback. That now team they can build really up around him. Turned it around really fast. We were making fun of them not yeah. six months ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They still can't run the ball to save their life, but who cares if he's throwing for 400 and something yards every week? I mean, as we've seen from Buffalo, they have to work that out, but for right they now, do, yeah, yeah, it's working. Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts both had good games. Dak Prescott had 34 points. Jalen Hurts just shy of 30. Joshua Dobbs, already talked about him, had just shy of 29 points. And Josh Allen had 26.7 fantasy points. So some good games from some talented players. Josh Dobbs coming out of nowhere. Uh, and then we had some some pretty bad games. So Clayton Toon for the Arizona Cardinals actually had negative fantasy points. Uh, negative 0.8. Daniel Jones had 1.9. Uh, as we discussed earlier, he tore his ACL, though, so that makes sense. You know who finished the full game and still had a terrible game was Geno Smith. Yep. 2.68 fantasy points. They just got smacked in the mouth by the Ravens. And uh, so Brett Rippon did better than Geno Smith, and Brett Rippon was terrible. He could not... At one point, I think he was like one for one for four for 10 yards. And it was like almost halftime. Like it, nothing was going on there. And he somehow still beat Geno Smith. And then uh, Justin Herbert had a very bad game. He only had 7.1 fantasy points. Now, that was a combination of the Jets defense shutting him down and also the Chargers defense winning the game for them. Yes. On special teams. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's concerning that he was shut down that effectively. Um, yeah, especially in a game that the Chargers really controlled. Now, again, they were playing a, like a relatively good defense that just has had a rough year. Um, but I, I do think that's concerning that Herbert was not able to have at least even like a normal regular game, like seven points. That's that's awful. That's not what you want out of quarterback. You're probably starting every single week. No, definitely not. Yeah. That is not what you want from somebody you drafted to be a, a top 10 quarterback. Seven points is, is bad. Uh, running backs, Conquerors, Rashad White, just shy of 26 points in that Houston game. Josh Jacobs at 21.8. Ramondre Stevenson, 20.9 fantasy points, the vast majority of which came on a single 60-yard touchdown run. Um, outside of that had a relatively quiet game. Austin Eckler had 20 fantasy points and Keaton Mitchell, 19.9 fantasy points for the Ravens. Um, just, just to muddy things up a little bit more in that Ravens backfield, Gus Edwards, Ju uh, Hall and Mitchell all got significant, or, well, significant snap counts, I guess, among, amongst themselves. Hall had the most for the team, but uh, Edwards and Mitchell both did the most with them. Both had good games for fantasy. Um, and for whatever reason, the Ravens aren't really throwing the ball that great, at least not consistently. So 
I don't know. I don't know what, what to tell you to do there, really. I mean, pick your shot and hope it works out for you, I suppose. The Ravens are too inconsistent right now. Like, they're just not... They're not really developing consistent ways to win games. It's it's random every week. Um, I, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't. That's a good point. I don't know what to do about that situation. There, they seem to be doing a, a kind of by committee thing. But again, that works for you know a team like Kansas City, and certainly you know the Ravens have a lot of talent on that team. So maybe that's just a scenario. Not good for fantasy, but works to win football games. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to do. They don't care about our fantasy team, so. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us wish they cared a little bit more. Like, um, a little was, bit more, was it yeah. Austin Eckler? Yes. Who, who said yeah. he had himself in fantasy, and he's been yep. disappointed by the lack of touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need a bit more of that in the league. Yeah, I think that's if players had this. themselves in fantasy, that would be helpful. Some busts at the running back position. We had Kenneth Walker with 2.2 fantasy points. Uh, they had a very... As we say, we, they had a very bad game against the Ravens. They they weren't running the ball. They were behind mm-hmm. immediately and by a lot. Uh, Zach Moss, 2.6 fantasy points. Jonathan Taylor seems to have taken his, his role back with that team. Uh, Devin Singletary, 3.6 fantasy points, even with Damian Pierce out. Just even more proof that the Texans can't run the ball. Uh, Justice Hill, so the, the third Ravens running back was the only one who had a terrible game, even though he played the most snaps. He had four yeah. fantasy points. And Daryl Henderson had 4.5 fantasy points for the Rams. Again, they weren't doing anything either. Wide receiver conquerors, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, both for the Texans. Tank Dell, just over 26.5 points. Noah Brown, 24.3 points. Just an absolute air raid offense. It was great to see, unless you were playing them like you were, Mike. Yep. Um, C.D. Lamb, 22.6 fantasy points. His connection with Dak Prescott has exploded over the past two weeks. He's now, I think, the widest over five on the year in half PPR scoring. Um, two weeks ago, I think he was, like, wide receiver 20-something. Might have been a bit better than that, but, like, he was not doing anything special. And over the past two weeks, he has gone nuclear. Amari Cooper, 22.4 fantasy points. Uh, I don't know that that's going to continue or not. We'll see. He had a very, very fluky touchdown, bounced off of a player's helmet into his arms. So that helps him out. He's about the only Brown right now I would trust consistently, though, because even their running game has been up and down, where they're yeah. they using, a, a you know, sometimes like Kareem Hunt, got a touchdown, great, but he doesn't get a, a lot of other touches. So Amari Cooper... He's kind of the one Brown where it's like, yeah, it's a risk, but if you need the flex option, he he has the ability to do this where he can get you 20 points. Yep. I, he's probably the only one I would play. Even then, I'm still a little hesitant on actually pulling the trigger, but if you said I had to start a Brown, he would be the one I'd yeah. I aim for. Yeah, he would just be a flex option as far as I'm concerned. Like He would, he should be your third run, wide receiver choice, not, not your top two. Yeah. And Stefan Diggs had a good game, 19.6 fantasy points. Some busts. Well, we had Josh Downs with only 1.5 fantasy points. Now, he left early with a knee injury. Uh, Zay Flowers, 1.6 fantasy points. In what should have been a great game for Flowers, he he did nothing. Uh, ball was not going his way, unfortunately. Uh, Chris Godwin, 2.6 fantasy points. KJ Osborne, 2.7. Now, he left with a concussion. And DJ Moore had 3.9 t- 
Tyler Bagent Bagent is is not really the answer there. They need to get Justin Fields back to have their offense running full tilt. It's also worth noting Gabe Davis had zero. Gabe Davis did have zero. Yes, <laughs> zero yeah. fantasy. Yeah, points. Really, the only in that Bills game that they lost, which as a team they're in a lot of trouble. The like only good thing is, well, Allen and Diggs are still getting the points they're supposed to for fantasy, but that's about it. <laughs> they're not yeah. giving the ball to Cook. They're not using Gabe Davis really at all. They kind of randomly will give you like someone like Dalton Kincaid will come out and have like a decent week, but then disappear completely the next week. Like they're all over the place. That team, I think they're in a lot of trouble. I really do. A hundred percent agree. hundred percent. Tight end conquerors. We had Dalton Schultz, part of that Texans game. Cole yeah. Komet had a surprisingly good game. He, uh, he has some chemistry going with Tyler Bajant, I guess. So he had 20.5 fantasy points. Cade Otten, he's been doing well for the for the Buccaneers lately with Baker Mayfield. He had 20 fantasy points in this one. He had two touchdowns. Um, outside of that, like he's not really getting a lot of targets. It's just more no. red zone targets. Yeah, he, he's uh, not someone who's utilized a lot, which can which is scary. Um, it's good that he gets those red zone opportunities, but he is definitely someone that they don't. He's not really their their top three or four targets. It seems they they're like, yeah, we'll go to him if we have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Evans is still definitely the top target there. Um, and then it's kind of like a debate between Godwin and Otten, especially when they start getting into that red zone, I guess. Well, and now that White's kind of, you know, becoming on a little bit as a running back, like I think they're going to want to use him more. I still think the fact that Mayfield and Evans had such great chemistry all year, that, like I think that's his preferred option. Like if, if he can try to run plays that, highlight and get Evans opportunities, that's what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He is their big play threat. Um, it's just, you know, Baker Mayfield's not the best quarterback, so. <laughs> uh, no, I he's love- not the best, but he's somehow holding on. To, he is holding on. <laughs> to, like... he, he, uh, to, to his credit, he is doing better than I expected him to. So for whatever that's worth, good, good job, Baker. I'm sure there's a part of him. That that feels good that some people think that about him now. Yeah. Just that little voice inside, like a little attaboy. Yeah. Uh, Jake Ferguson, 18.6 fantasy points. He's been coming on for the Cowboys as well. Uh, between Lamb and Ferguson, that seems to be the focus of their entire passing game, really. And Jonu Smith for the Falcons. Uh, getting goal line carries instead of Bijan Robinson. And getting targets instead of Kyle Pitts. So, you know, Arthur Smith, uh, once again, just thanks. Thanks, man. You're doing great. I hope you get fired. I will be honest with you. It's just, it's such a, it's such a bad situation there that's just gotten worse. Like, I I never thought they were a great team to begin with, even though they had a a decent start to the year. I, I thought, like, there's no way with that quarterback things are going to fall, like things are going to fall their way. I just thought at, at the bare minimum, they're going to use their running game because they at least, at least have two players that everyone agrees are talented and a third that I still think it's overlooked. So they really have the weapons to do like multi-level running attacks and different things, throwing out of the backfield, et cetera. Like I just thought that's a no brainer, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking there. I have no idea. Apparently you do need a brand for it. Uh, Cause, uh, they don't. They don't do it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's true. Uh, some tight end busts. We had Michael Mayer, 2.1 fantasy points. Gerald Everett, 2.8 fantasy points. He had a great catch and a great run, and then I don't think he ever got the ball thrown to him again. They didn't even look uh, at him again. N- no, that was it. Just, okay, you did your part. See you later. A name that I genuinely can't remember the last time he was ever a bust, Travis Kelsey, 2.9 fantasy points. I mean, he was in a foreign country. That travel could have affected them a little bit. Um, his uh, girlfriend it could wasn't have. there, you know? His, his girlfriend wasn't there also. Yeah, I, think. <laughs> I just, you know, that was surprising to me. I thought, if anything, Taylor Swift would make the trip over to, to Germany for this. Like, I thought, like, that was like that's like just your excuse to get out of well. She's a she's a busy girl too, so I'm sure she probably had other commitments. Otherwise, oh, probably that, that would have been probably. cool. But I bet, but I I think it was on his mind. Two point nine points. It's not well, great. I think the Dolphins did a very good job of realizing, okay, he's their best player. Let's see if they can beat us with other options. And then Patrick Mahomes said, "No problem." Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm the thing. Throw about, all over you. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about Mahomes. Like, I think yes, he wants to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends to ever play. We all know this, but I think at the end of the day, it, Patrick Mahomes, you, you can never think that taking away one of his targets matters. He's going no. to spread the ball around. He's going to use his multi-level targets. This is the team that decided, hey, Tyreek Hill, we don't want you anymore. And then they won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, yep. I think uh, Mahomes just did, uh, did a great job at the beginning of that game. Yeah, like he didn't have an amazing performance by any means, but he he did what he needed to do and scored some touchdowns and yep. got to see him the win. Yep. Uh, Trey McBride had a bad game as well, so that sucked for me in my lineup with three point seven fantasy points. And Chigozim Okonkwo had four point three fantasy points with the Titans. And that is it for our conquerors and busts. Let's move on to our week ten starts and sits. So, Mike, why don't you go first with your quarterback? Okay, my quarterback start this week is Jared Goff. Um, I, I mean, I think we can all admit that the Lions are a team to beat. They generally have very good, strong offensive games. Um, I think at the end of the day, Goff um, is going gonna, is gonna to come into this week. He's going to play very well. I really like this matchup against the Chargers, who have not exactly proven that their defense can, can be in tight, close games. It's usually higher scoring offensively. I don't think this defense is extremely strong. Um, I think Goff will have a good opportunity to throw all over the place. Now, I don't know if Montgomery is confirmed to be back or not. I don't don't think they've officially confirmed him as of this recording, but I think the expectation is... If he plays, if he, uh, my, this is kind of the assumption that he plays and that they establish a good running game because that will open up lots of targets for him. He's got Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got other players that he really likes in there. I really like Jared Goff. I think he's a solid start against the Chargers. I expect this to be a very good offensive game. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this game. Uh, My start for quarterback is C.J. Stroud. After last week, he's going up against the Bengals. The Bengals don't have a very scary defense, and the Texans are going to have to put up a lot of points to stay involved in this game because they don't have a good defense either. So we saw last week he can certainly rise to the occasion, and I'm willing to say maybe we'll get a back-to-back shootout involving the Texans. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a fair 
a fair point. And I think that's another game that could be that could be really interesting to see. Because Cincinnati's defense has just not been what we thought it would. So makes sense. Our sits at quarterback. Uh, not expecting a shootout in this one. I've got Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars going up against the 49ers. Uh, you know, that just sounds like a bad time for most of Jacksonville. Maybe ETN will be able to do something for him, but I think uh, I think that's going to just be a bad time for the Jaguars. So I don't really want a, a part of their offensive weapons in this one. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, my sit is Josh Dobbs. I know we talked about a lot of great things for him this week. I don't think this is the week, though, uh, to play him if you can avoid it. New Orleans has a very good defense. Um, their record hasn't has been spotty this year, but their defense is quite strong. Um, I'm not expecting Dobbs to be able to do too much this week. I think once they get Jefferson back, it'll be a much stronger start there. So I'm saying sit Dobbs this week. Yeah, that's that's fair. New Orleans has a pretty good defense. Running backs, my running back start of the week. I have David Montgomery if he plays. If he doesn't, then it would default to Jameer Gibbs because either way, I think this is a great matchup for the Lions running backs and especially the way that they like to use their offense through the run game. The Chargers have a pretty weak run defense and I think this could end up being a pretty close but also high scoring game so i want uh, i want a part of whatever offensive weapons you can get involved in this but especially the lions run game my start this week is aaron jones i think that the uh, packers are <laughs> really need to turn something around here um i know that pittsburgh has had a pretty decent uh defense this year i think they're much stronger though at the pass rush and causing some issues for quarterbacks. So I think Jones has the opportunity to be really the only offensive weapon for the Packers against Pittsburgh. I really like this game too. Like this is a week. There's a lot of games that I think are really interesting. Um, So I'm thinking that Green Bay has an opportunity to score some points here, but it'll be along the ground. So go ahead and give Aaron Jones a shot. This might be his last chance for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I might be done, done on a lot of the Packers if they can't do anything uh, this week. But yeah, Aaron Aaron Jones, disappointing season to start for him. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not looking great. Fair enough, fair enough. My running back sit of the week, Rashad White. Uh, he had a pretty good week in week uh, nine against the Texans. This week he's going up against the Titans, though. Uh, while I do expect the Buccaneers are probably going to win this game and probably be playing with a lead, I don't love the matchup for Rashad White because the Titans have a very good run defense. They have a very poor pass defense, so I think the Buccaneers, most of their points is going to be coming through the air. Uh, so if you have a pivot option, I would take it. I understand, though, if Rashad White is kind of locked into your lineup just because of the amount of work that he has and you don't have a better option, I, I get it. If you do have someone else that you can pivot to for this week, I would look their way. Uh, My sit this week is James Cook. Uh, Even if he gets an opportunity to run the ball um, against the Broncos, which I'm sure will happen Monday night football, I'm sure they'll establish a bit of a run against the Broncos. He will not be used in the red zone. The minute they get to the red zone, Cook's off the field. Why? I don't know. Because you have him. No, not that's anymore. Fine. I traded him. Oh, that's <laughs> he's, right. He's, yeah, so now he's, he's gone. Now, no, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, no, 
He is no. about to throw 30 fantasy no. points down, 100%. This guy he's, is getting every red zone carry now. No, he's he's absolutely uh, absolutely finished. <laughs> How frustrated would you be, though? Oh, like that's what normally happens. So, I mean, yeah. I'd be very frustrated. Um, at the end of the day, I think the, the trend that they have been just for whatever reason, taking him out of the red zone really scares me. No matter how good oh, he plays, absolutely. they're not playing yeah. in the red zone. I've seen it. I've seen multiple, multiple games where they run the ball down the field and he's so effective and he got them 60 of the 70 yards on their drive and they're inside the 20 and he's never on the field for four or five plays that kick a field goal. Yeah, they, they immediately pull him off. You're, you're right. Yeah. They hate him. Um I just realized I'm playing against him this week, so uh, hopefully, you know, and hopefully he doesn't get 30 yeah. points. That, that I, would be, I doubt it. <laughs> that would be unfortunate for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wide receiver start of the week, Deontay Johnson, going up against the Green Bay Packers. He's he's become the focal point of their their offense. Uh, the run game has not really done anything well for them. George Pickens' target share has been declining ever since uh, Johnson came back. Johnson and Pickett have good chemistry. I think you, you can certainly start him. He might not, you know, he might not break the score sheet for you, but from what we've seen so far, he's locked in for eight to 12 fantasy points a week. So he's just got that nice safe floor. And in a week where we got another, what do we got? Three, four teams on by this week. That might be, uh, that might be what you need. Uh, my start. No start. No. Yes, my start. My start is Gabe Davis. Um, He had an awful, awful game last week, zero points. I do think we'll see a bit of a bounce back. He's one of those players that does disappear and then gets 20 points. Um, I expect there to be a bit of desperation on Monday Night Football for the Bills. They're going to be gunslinging it a bit. Allen's going to be running a lot. He's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I think Gabe Davis will have a bounce back. All right. My sit of the week for wide receiver is any wide receiver who plays for the New York Giants. All of them. Don't don't even look at them. They got DeVito throwing them the ball. Season's over. Just look away. Don't play a Giant, ideally. My sit this week is Calvin Ridley. As we talked about, this is going to be a really tough game for Jacksonville. I was considering putting Christian Kirk in here, but I think Kirk has proven that he's the one person who will score the one touchdown in the air. Um, he's someone who's relatively reliable, gets a couple points here and there. I think Ridley's just going to get shut down. It's going to be a really tough game for the Jags, and I don't expect a lot out of their offense this week. Yeah, I would I would go with Kirk over Ridley for if you had to play one of the two of them, just because Kirk yeah. seems to be the more consistent of the two. Um, Ridley's obviously the bigger, big play threat, but Kirk just seems to get more targets going his way. So, yeah, I can certainly understand that. Yeah. My tight end start of the week, Taysom Hill. Uh, they're going up against the Vikings, and they've been using Taysom Hill all over the field. He, uh, he he was running the ball, throwing the ball, catching the ball last week at 20-something fantasy points. If they're going to keep using him that way, then he's he should probably be locked into your lineup unless you have one of the elites at tight end. Uh, my start for this week, Dalton Schultz. As we mentioned, I, I think that this will be a, another good week. We both think this will be another good week. For the Texans, Schultz has proven he's a really good target in and out of the red zone for them. Very consistent veteran on that offense. So go ahead and start him this week. My sit for the week, going back to my quarterback sit, 
with Trevor Lawrence. I'm saying sit Evan Ingram as well. I don't think that they're going to have a very good time going up against San Francisco. I think that it's probably going to be a low-scoring game on the Jaguar side of things, so you can leave Ingram on your bench. Uh, my sit is David Nujoku. I don't think that uh, Baltimore is going to let this game uh, slip away. Big divisional game for them. Um, they're going to be tough for the Browns uh, to to beat and score on, especially with their quarterback situation being so up in the air always. So go ahead um, and sit them this week. All right. That will do it for our Week 10 starts and sits. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Take care. Stay safe.